This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Tyler Donaldson. We'll also hear reports from Don Wick and Whitney Pittman. Dry and warmer than usual conditions continuing through Friday before some light rain and snow occur Saturday and Sunday in the western half of the Northern Plains. World Weather Incorporated says the greatest moisture will fall in the southwestern areas. Temperatures through Tuesday, mostly in the 30s and 40s, and will continue to remain above normal into the second week of February. Late winter warm spells can lead to trouble for winter wheat. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says winter hardiness is the concern. We have seen several times in recent years where we've had these late winter, early spring warm spells, followed by sharp spring freezes that have led to locally to regionally significant damage and so we will be watching as we head into what looks like it'll be a mild start to February. The bright spot is Arctic outbreaks are usually less severe. As you get into the second half of February and beyond the days are longer the amount of cold that can build at the higher latitudes decreases so yes we can still have fairly sharp cold outbreaks certainly in late February on into March but typically they will last less time and be less severe than what would have happened in the dead of winter, like what we just saw in mid-January. I mean, that occurred very low sun angle, very close to the solstice when the days are shortest. And certainly that was, uh, albeit short-lived, only 10 days or so, but rather brutal Arctic outbreak, especially in the wake of that record warm December. The Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show officially underway. Farm broadcaster Don Wick is covering the show for the Red River Farm Network. Thousands of cattle producers will be in Orlando over the next few days for the largest cattle industry event in the country, CattleCon 24, featuring more than eight acres of trade show displays, all focused on the cattle business. In addition, producers will be working on the latest policy priorities for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and reviewing beef checkoff programs. Educational forums on markets, farm policy, and sustainability are all on the agenda. The Red River Farm Network coverage from CattleCon 24 is sponsored by the North Dakota Beef Commission, Minnesota Beef Council, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and the North Dakota Stockmen's Association. From Orlando, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. European Union farmers blocked more traffic arteries across Belgium, France, and Italy this week as they move closer to Brussels ahead of a major European Union summit. The farmers plan to protest outside EU headquarters during Thursday's Summit of Government Leaders. The EU Executive Commission has offered a concession announcing plans to shield EU farmers from cheap Ukrainian imports while allowing some land to be farmed that was forced to be idled due to environmental reasons. Those plans would need approval by members of states and parliaments. Nitrogen College underway at Monoman, Minnesota, a program hosted by the University of Minnesota Extension and funded by the Minnesota Corn Checkoff. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The second day of the program, uh, we've got Dan Kaiser, University of Minnesota Extension soil specialist, talked a little bit about uh, sources and timing and some of the challenges with, with making sure things get on when they need to and, and where they need to. Uh, talk about that a little well, it's one of the things, too, we've been seeing, um, particularly with uh, some retail operations, changing some of the source options they have available to them, that um, when we start looking at 
growers um, making some of those changes, that it's not just as simple as we can change, say, anhydrous to urea and not change some of the other considerations we have in terms of some of the other R's like rate you know, placement or timing. So that's one of the, the things um, when we start talking about best management practices that since a lot of these things tend to interact, I mean, you've got to kind of look at some of the other factors when it comes to how we tend to lose nitrogen, whether it's gaseous loss or whether it's loss into some sort of water source to make sure that um, if we do make changes, that the changes are being made essentially that we're not increased that potential risk for loss. So that's kind of a lot of what we've talked about, um, what options are out there for growers and what they should be looking at and what questions they should be have in terms of their operations. If they do tend to look at making a change, um, some other things that should be considered. So you talked a little bit about uh, the utilization of, of cover crops and that sort of thing. What are some of the, the benefits there or, or things to watch out for? Well, one of the main challenges when we start talking about annual crops is the fact that they're only out there in the landscape for a set amount of time. We plant them, um, we'll just, even whether it's wheat or dry beans or soybean or corn, you plant them in the spring and you harvest them in the fall. And the fact that a lot of the processes by which we're accumulating nitrate in the soil, they tend to keep going even though there's not a crop out there since the soils tend to be warm enough for mineralization to occur. So that's where we start looking at other things that we can integrate into the potential rotation to try to capture some of that nitrate that's being accumulated. Because if we look at our greatest potential for loss, it tends to be points in time where there's not something out there that's demanding a high amount of the nitrogen, particularly if you look at it across the state, maybe April, May, June, uh, when we tend to get a lot of rainfall, when a lot of our, our risk for loss occurs. So. That's kind of, I think, one of the key points. I mean, one of the challenges, though, when we start talking about cover crops, though, is establishment, um, because if you can't get it established, it's not going to be doing anything. So, and, you know, it's, there's some benefits there, but there's also some challenges with that as well. So it's not an e a easier, simple solution. I mean, if there was a simple solution when it comes to a lot of these loss issues, I think we would be doing it. It's just trying to get the best thing out there for whatever situation there is, is really what we're looking at, at trying to do. All right. Well, thank you, Dan Kaiser, joining us here on the Red River Farm Network. From Monoman, I'm Whitney Pittman. A North Dakota group made up of five entities has been named winner of the U.S. National Science Fed Foundation Regional Innovation Engines Program, which provides up to $160 million over 10 years to help solve food insecurity and expand economic opportunities while innovating crop production. The partnership, known as Food Systems Adapted for Resilience and Maximize Security, is made up of NDSU, North Dakota Tribal College System, Greater fargo Moorhead Economic Development Corporation, Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo Chamber Foundation, and Grand Farm. And the, the group is being praised as an international leader in agriculture technology. This is the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration saying ethanol production during the week ending January 26 totaled 991,000 barrels per day. That's up 173,000 barrels a day from the previous week. Ethanol stocks are down at 1.5 million barrels to 24.3 million. Easton, Minnesota pig farmer Dale Stevermer spoke at the North Dakota Livestock Summit to highlight the state of and opportunities within the hog industry. Stevermer says recent times have been tough on producers. For the last two years, in general, the producers of pork have been losing money. And, and to an extent, it reached into the, the packers, too. Um, they seem to have recovered. But what we're seeing is that it was a change in demand. 
Uh, demand in 21 and 22 went up. Producers expanded to try to capitalize on that. And then in late 22 through all of 23, um, had too many pigs. And consumer demand went down at the same time. So there's just been a backup of pork. There's been um, just depressed prices, much below break-even prices to the tune of 30 to $50 a pig. But there is reason to be optimistic about the future. The producers that were able to early on uh, leverage with options and, and, and insurance were able to weather the storm, but that capability has um, been pulled out of the market as, as of now. So it's, it's, it's not a pretty picture for any producer overall. That's the depressing side of it. As, as we look into the future, though, we're seeing that come summer there's, there's a, a pretty good chance of some profitability. And there certainly has been a reduction in the size of the sow herd. Reduc reducing the sow herd will reduce the number of pigs that come to market. North Dakota offers several programs to help producers expand agricultural enterprises and add value. North Dakota Department of Commerce Manager of Ag and Bioenergy Development, Kevin Sansawa, says there are many ways to get started. Probably the best starting point, there's a couple of grant programs, uh, the Ag Products Utilization Commission, or APUC, uh, the Ag Diversification and Development Fund, or the Ad Fund. Both of those are uh, managed by the North Dakota Department of Agriculture. Probably a little more geared towards uh, some of those early stage companies and startups. That would probably be the best piece of advice. Uh, we also, you know, at Commerce, we focus primarily on primary sector, which is value-added businesses that have a majority of out-of-state sales. Those out-of-state sales are what generate new wealth for the state of North Dakota, and that's why that's a specific focus of ours. The most recent legislative session opened up some opportunities to automate the industry. The automation tax credit now it's a program that's existed for primary sector businesses. Uh, it's a tax credit on the purchase of automation equipment uh, that is automating a formerly manual process. So this past legislative session with this push towards you know helping grow the animal agriculture industry in the state, there's a $500,000 set aside in those funds specifically for animal ag operations. And we don't have a lot of primary sector certified animal ag operations in the state currently, so the hope is to see that number grow and allow people to take advantage of that tax credit specifically. Acres and Shares is reporting 236 shares of American Crystal Sugar Company stock sold during the week ending January 26th. The price per share for all shares was $5,400 per share. So far this trading season, 3,900 shares have sold at an average price of $5,000 per share with a high of $5,800 and a low of $5,000 per share. USDA announced two programs designed to support the specialty crop sector. The Assisting Specialty Crop Exports Initiative, providing $65 million to increase global exports and expand new markets, while the Specialty Crop Block Grant Program will provide $72.9 million in funding to bolster competitiveness of the specialty crop sector. These new programs are being funded through the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program, or RAP, and the Agricultural Marketing Service.
Make sure to go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com, to sign up for weekly FarmNet News newsletters. Uh, you can also download this broadcast while following us on Facebook and X. It's all at rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. A new joint venture, Univox, is partnering with NDSU researching clean air technologies for confined animal feeding operations. Univox's Merritt Hamilton Allen is excited for what production implications these technologies that are being tested could have. One of our technologies is Serazone, which is pathogen eradication system. And our interest for the Livestock Summit is for uh, confined animal uh, feeding operations, <laughs> swine barns, that sort of thing. And with the emphasis for this year's summit on pork production, we're really excited to be talking about our study that we've launched with uh, North Dakota State University uh, working with their swine barns. We're going to be following 32 liters of piglets with this air purification technology. According to Univox's Curtis Olofsson, these technologies could benefit cattle, workers, and even the environment. It's going to remove ammonia from the air. We have to believe that that's going to make the pigs healthier, perhaps uh, grow at a faster rate. And as a really uh, good side benefit, the people who work within the facility are not going to be fighting ammonia. So that's, uh, that's really going to be a, a research study that I think could be of great significance to the hog industry. One of the issues that uh, hog confined uh, hog operations deal with is odor escaping out into the, the surrounding area. And I think uh, this study will show that that's been reduced. We'll, we'll see what happens with the study. That's why you do a study, so that you can prove what you think is already the case. Bolt Marketing Market Analyst Dwayne Bussey said the livestock markets continue to be choppy ahead of today's cattle inventory report. I like the livestock market. I mean, we are pulling back a little bit this morning. We got a big cattle inventory report this afternoon. Everyone's leaning for that to be somewhat bullish. Um, you know, historically, that report isn't much of a market mover and, and even if it is bullish i don't think it'll move the market much i think you just got a market that's generally upward trending and bullish by itself i mean box beef movement cash sales and price of calves will be more important as we move forward and all those are fairly bullish so i i, I think despite whatever the inventory report is i think this market keeps uh, drumming higher March wheat minneapolis down eight and three quarter cents at 691 the may contract down seven and a half March corn down a half penny at 447 and a quarter. July down a penny and a quarter at 440, uh, excuse me, 466. March soybeans now two and a quarter higher, 1221. May soybeans up four cents at 1231 and three quarters. In Winnipeg, March canola is down $3.80 a metric on 609.70 Canadian. February live cattle down 60 cents. The March feeder cattle down $1.20. February hogs are 60 cents higher. This is the Red River Farm Network.